Elliot Kazari, Nana Hamishi, the end of Isidani. And what he saw, he was talking about is how the even the things which are based on logic should be factual. We see that the diets of the different philosophers didn't necessarily agree. There were points of difference between them too. Which means, and this is obvious, the obvious point, the Ramban actually writes in his in the defending the riff, and that is, the fact that there are different opinions means that there's no one opinion which is the logic is overwhelmingly in favor of. That would be the case. There was an argument. And therefore, the fact that there's an argument means that there isn't such a strong logical base or provable base for any, for any option, as we've been known to argue. And therefore, if you see, he's using the same type of logic here, Rabbi Levi, and he says, if you find that in concepts, which should be the domain of philosophy, we find arguments between the different schools of philosophy, and what it really means is that a lot of it is there are hypothesis or conjecture or understanding, not necessarily provable fact, because then there wouldn't be a possibility to argue. Are we saying that logic is subjective to some degree? No, we're saying that if someone was provable logic, you couldn't argue with it. If that's the case, what Pure they, logic is objective? Yes. And if that's the case, if we find arguments between them, it means that they base themselves on conjecture, not on logic. And therefore, uh, then he says, achas. If one of the groups, I mean, page number government base, in this principle, if you find a certain group of philosophies holding a certain opinion, it's not something which came from a result of Hakira's analysis, which they write, and an understanding that they came to a conclusion, which would mean that it's unprovable and unarguable. It's one group of them a couple that way, and the other groups hold out like that. And he gives different schools of philosophies which don't look with each other. Um, now, another name, I don't exactly know what the philosophies were. He talks of the seers of Pythagoras, which written in Hebrew, who was one of the earliest uh, Greek philosophers. And also the seers, uh, he calls Apocrypes, he calls Hippocrates. The seers Aristo, is Aristotle, the seers of Plato, is Plato, was it awesome? Who's the second one? Uh, the philosophers uh, that they were, um, they all had differences of, of opinion between them. And, and he says. Well, I thought Pythagoras was a mathematician. Now it's another point. He says there were groups of people who claimed to be following um, in the philosophy of Aristotle, and nevertheless they had ideas about how the world, how the beginning of the world was, which is not logical. Uh, so a person who has seichel, his intelligence, would uh, reject what they were claiming as being ridiculous. And when he gives one of the examples of one of the reasons that this group of Aristotle students who they called themselves the Bali the ones who understood dark and night, and they had various conjectures. Which he says, you see how ridiculous they were. That obviously wasn't based on any deep understanding or any approvable logic. And one of the examples he gives is Halalasam, the sieve of Hagalgal. When they're trying to explain uh, the concept of why the world turns on its axis, so why does it do that? Well, what's the koyach? The world doesn't stay still. It's spinning was on its axis. And the way that these people explained it 
is that you vakish slamus yasalai. the world's always looking for something it doesn't have. And therefore every place it is it thinks that it gets get something else from a different a different place would be better. So it, it keeps running around looking for a certain shlamus. So there'll be nechah will be present on each side. And therefore the world keeps turning because each part of it always thinks that somewhere else is better. So it's always running after the shlamus which it doesn't have. And that's what I want to explain why the world spins on its axis, which is um, sorry, obviously ridiculous. And he says, "Vedamish shaday yitakin zetami l'kol chayim." It's not possible for everyone to actually have shayim on a hamara v'alka. They want to keep switching with something else and going to somewhere else. It makes no sense. Firstly, the world isn't something which is animate, which is alive and can want things. And also, the idea that it has this like endless idea that somewhere else is better. That's what keeps makes keeps turning around. It is ridiculous. It's also not a, it's not different things which will have uh, different uh, interests in going to different places. It's the same planet. It's just spinning on the top. And he just brings as an example of something which he says. It makes no sense. And these are meant to be in the philosophers or in the students of the philosophers which are coming up with this kind of explanation. So he says, you see, it's not based on magic. And what he wants is, therefore, the, to disprove the fundamental tenet of what the philosophers wanted people to believe, as everything they say is correct because it's right, it's provable, it's logical, and uh, it's not. And once you can, once you see that it's not provable, it's not logical, it's not even accepted between the ranks of philosophers themselves. So then all you're saying is it's conjecture. And if that's the case, but we'd rather accept something that we have a messiah about, and then something which is which is a conjecture, which uh, which that even the, the those who accept it themselves can't explain it or prove it. And, which means there's very little basis to go by. So Kumar is Atzmam Vishafai Hashayfi Mehashin Yisvach. That's really something he mentioned in the previous show. I'll just go back to the point he said there in more detail because he's just mentioned it by the way here. And that is that the philosophers, even if they accepted that there was a source of, of life, of everything which comes down to the world, which he calls from the, the Rishin Yisvach from Hashem. But he said that one thing, again, this is often the philosophers which they said then, that if there's one entity which is giving, it can only give to one thing. And therefore there has to be one, uh, one entity called the malach, the spiritual thing which can receive from the one entity. And now it's going to give to two. Why? Because the way they answer it is, the malach is aware of two things. It's aware of, of itself, as one item. It's aware of what it, it's receiving from something outside, which is the second. And since it has the awareness of two, it can give to two. And that's what he brings here, just briefly. He says, the, the knowledge of the fact that there's a first cause must create one thing which extends to the Malach. Besides knowing there's a first cause, also knows that it exists, there's two things, so it creates a Galdon, it creates a, a second level down. And uh, that's what the philosophers believed, how things expanded, developed. And therefore, they were they established and made diagrams. They made different levels of eleven different ste- steps that they understood how one leads to the next. But what the Chazari says about them and the way that they understood is it doesn't make sense. And really, the Shefa, which they said began from from Hashem, and therefore they explained the system which they said has to happen as a result of that. It's, it's all they, what they thought has happened. It doesn't have to happen. It's not the Chiyav It doesn't have to be that that's the way that things developed. 
and what they claimed as, as the process of how things happened, but the environment is simple. Uh, the, the, all, everything I'm saying is a suffix. Uh, and it's all something which is not provable, it's something that they think is possible, and that's why they agree with each other. And therefore, the, he says the basis of philosophy isn't logic or proof which can't be argued with. The basis of philosophy is what they think, and therefore, it's not agreed on by everybody. And it's not, uh, you can't argue the point because there's no proof to, to prove one or the other. And that's why he says the whole system that's, which is based on what people assume, what people think, is uh, something which, which isn't, doesn't obligate anybody to accept that. You see, within their, within their own ranks, they didn't accept each other's theories. Now, let's just uh, extend this idea to, to the way that, uh, even if you're not talking philosophy today, but to the way various uh, sciences work today. And there's a similarity there also. And that is, there's certain things which a person can prove. There's certain things which we can't argue about because we can see cause and effect, we can see results. So we have a certain amount of, of data which we have to accept that we, can, that we can prove, that we can verify. But now, the, that's just a starting point for what's the explanation. In other words, what's the reason why that's happening? And then other things we can't explain a reason for. We can explain what happens, but we can't explain why it happens. So the, the what happens, well, that's, that's unarguable. We see it happens. Why it happens, we don't know. And uh, just to give you an example, which is not my example, it's the Rashford's example, we brought it before here once. And he says the fact that magnets attract each other. Well, we, can, we can't argue the point, we can see it, and we can work with it, and it's a, it's a, it's a fact in the world which we're aware of. If you're going to explain to you why it's like that, like why is it metal attracts metal, and for example, wood doesn't attract wood, or stone doesn't attract stone, it's not a good reason for it. Now, if you were going to say, look, you can see metal attracts metals, that's a, that's a fact, I'll tell you why. And expect you to accept my explanation as fact. That's not true, it's not. The fact is a fact, the explanation is something else, and that one doesn't have to follow the other one. And then if I want to, you know, to put forward a certain theory, of why I think it's happening, you could accept the fact and argue the theory and say something different. And therefore, to confuse what's the fact and the theory which is to prove the fact is a big mistake. They have nothing to do with each other. And that's best in the argument is using against the philosophers also. And that is, there were things that they proved. But that's that's just a fact. And to explain a whole worldview based on that, that's not fact. That's something which they trying to attempt to explain the fact, the way they want to do that. And that's something which could be argued with. And therefore, he says, when we, we when they're looking to explain something, so then the the way they explain it is based on either the mista- mistaken perspective or the way they want things to be, and it's not something we have to accept. It's not something which is uh, provable as the as the points which are which are uh, things which we, we can't argue with. Any matter, this is an important point. When they say well, the facts argue with the theory, I'm not just talking philosophers. People say it today as well. We don't find the facts argue with the term. The way they want to explain facts argues with the term because of the explanation that they made up for the facts is argues with the term. But uh, the facts can be explained within the theory as well. We spoke about the start of time, we spoke about the age of the universe, and also other things when science wants to claim that things argue with the term. It's the way that they can exp- explain the facts argues with the term, and we don't accept their explanation. The facts themselves can be explained with the term too. 
and the best way, or and the best way to do that is when he said the Kazari himself said at the beginning of this discussion, at the beginning of this ice, and the answer is, and that is, being a science takes the position that things have to happen on their own, and therefore if we see a resu- something which there is in the prayer, so then they said obviously the Torah because that proves that this thing must have happened on its own over whatever way it was, and it's not an argument at all because the answer to that is yes, you see what this is what happens. But the answer is going to be Hashem made it like that. Just because you're taking, if science takes the assumption that Hashem, you can't say things were made by Hashem. They have to have happened some other way. And therefore they're going to use that to, to embellish the facts, to make an argument that goes against the Torah. There's no argument. Hashem made it happen. If Hashem made it happen, you made it happen when you wanted to. If you want to argue with the fact, you just argue with the rationale. The rationale isn't provable anyway. It's just an assumption that they're making that. I mean, just a simple example. A simple example. Uh, science wants to claim that the fact that the, the kangaroos in Australia disproves the story of Tevez Why? Because uh, if all the animals in the world were in the Teva and uh, after the novel, the, the world would be populated with animals because really all the animals destroyed, so then if it, how did the kangaroos up to Australia? How did they cross the ocean? Because they can't swim. They can't grow their own So they want to prove, uh, well, not just kangaroos, I'm just doing one example. All the animals in the far, far continent, how did they get there? The story of the table is true. The animals that only existed in those far. And also, how did the polar bears, they must have been very hot till they got to South America. Dark polar. Okay, so they have to prove. Okay, so now, what's the real answer to the question? The real answer to the question is in Chazal. Chazal talk about it. And Chazal say, that the split of the land mass only happened at the time of the Darapologi. And if that's the case, the animals were basically who were in that part of the world when the land mass separated, they possibly drifted away with the land they were on. So it makes a lot of sense, we have no questions. But being a science doesn't matter. What does it say? The Midrash says that part of the Mishami Fitzum Hashem is Hashem split the contents. And therefore, it only happened much later, a long time after the novel. And Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and how did, oh, just if I was asking, so how did the polar bears end up on the piece of land that was floating all the way to the south? Pole? Like you said yourself, they were hot, so they went to a colder climate, and the poshas got marooned there when Greenland turned it away. I think they're in the north, north pole. They're north pole, yeah. North pole. North pole. North pole. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that's the, so that's that, that, that's now. But being a science doesn't matter. So they're going to prove that as, a, as something against the Torah. Now the facts are true. There are kangaroos only in Australia, and polar bears only in the North Pole. But like I said, being as that, that doesn't disprove anything. You, you can you just interpret the facts in light of the Torah. And that's really the basic because I was saying here also. And then it just says everything that the different philosophers believe in means they were using their explanations for different facts. And you see, they don't agree with each other, which means the explanation isn't fact. They don't accept the explanation. It's just uh, it's just different ways of seeing things which. What they, what they wanted to believe, and he just gives you the most ridiculous example to prove it. Everybody agrees the world spins on its axis. No one's going to argue with that, because it's a provable fact. Do you really believe that the world was round by the time of the design? Um, I mean, in terms of the philosophy? The philosophers, no. Definitely not. So how would they discuss the spirit spinning on anything? Well, the Greeks, the same. Well, doesn't your Sean of the Deserve say that Alexander the Great went on eagle, and he went outside the world, and he said that the world was round? Yeah, but Aristotle doesn't believe that. that, that does so how are they discussing spinning Because uh, it doesn't be a circle this way. It definitely turns. That, that no one argues with. There's the concept of things turning. The question is what shape the world is. And how does DNA happen on a flat plane? I thought the sun spins. The sun's going.
Sometimes you can understand movement and give it why is it happening. So you can come with some ridiculous option that the world's always looking for somewhere better, so it keeps running around looking for it. And he's just giving the example of how, how far uh, an explanation can go from the fact, which makes no sense. You know, and people accept the facts, they accept the explanation. Why is that to the other one? Okay, so that's his, uh, that's what he says that all, that, all the explanations are fake, because all of them aren't, are argued about because of philosophers themselves, which means we can safely destroy all of them. Because it means that none of the, none of the explanations are provable, and uh, therefore we, we aren't impressed by explanation. We have our own. We have the Torah tells us that we accept that. But he says one last thing uh, to their credit. And he says, um, there, there is a certain uh, phrase, a certain word of, so to speak, of positive we can say about the way that they thought. And that is, the, Those areas where, from wherever the logic they came to, they, they were machabin towards, right? And, and also they saw a value in doing things based on a person's seichel and making a way of living based on seichel and not on just on people's physical tithes they, they, they rejected the, the world as being uh, as something which is completely hedonistic there was a certain value to appreciating the value of understanding and trying to work on things to understand them and those qualities are all good um, because that, that was a certain value in that. Being as they didn't have the Messiah that we had, and if they were, didn't seem to rely on like the Kabbalah, the Messiah that we had, and by us we have the much better. We have the, 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 the benefit of the Kabbalah, the benefit of the Messiah, which for us is, is better than what the Prophet offer. It says we received it in, by the Sarah of the Roman Kabul, it's as clear to us as really as something we've seen ourselves. And therefore, to sum up his argument, and that is, even though he doesn't like the approach to the philosophers and the way they understood was mistaken, he says, but remember, there was some value to what they did, and that is, this, and that is the, the, the emphasis they put on trying to understand and putting on trying to use one's cycle to direct one rather than just being uh, a slave to one's tyrant, one's passions. That's a certain line in that. And certain things which they came to, which they were Mechavin, right? They, they did understand about what's happening in the world. We give them credit for that. But, nevertheless, it doesn't replace the system we had. It doesn't replace the system we had, which is the system of a Kabbalah, which means a Messiah, which, which we rely on more than uh, individual speculation or people trying to explore things on their own. Um, that was really, this point, was really the focus of the arguments between the Chachmei Atunah, who were the philosophers, and Rishon Chalani. The Gemara tells us a long story about that. Rishon Chalani tells the Roman Emperor that we are bigger Chachomim than the philosophers of Athens. And uh, the Emperor says to him, well, if you think you're cleverer than them, then see if you can over, if you can win a debate against them. And the proof will be that these philosophers never left Athens. If you can convince them to come to Rome, it will prove that you were successful over them. And uh, prove that your customer is greater than their customer. And that's what Rabbi did. He, he traveled to Athens. He met the Sabbath day Atonah. The whole story of how he got into their fortress was also a story in Zionite. He did, has a long, interesting debate with them, which one has to like, explain word by word what's going on because otherwise the narrative makes no sense. 
and eventually he, uh, he, he, so to speak, he won the debate, and he brought them all to, he brought them all in the ship, and took them all to, to Rome to prove to the Caesar that the Chachma of the Torah um, over is, uh, is more powerful, overcame the Chachma of the philosophers of Athens. And really, even though we have to explain each part of the argument on its own, the argument revolved around this central tenet. And that is, or most of the things that we're arguing about was something which the Chachma de Be'atuna came to as a certain level of their understanding, as opposed to what Rabbi Shur needs in the Torah. And therefore, the argument always is this what we understand, and Rabbi Shur said, I'll show you that the Torah understands better. And therefore, the Kabbalah, which means the Messiah we have of Torah, has more Chachma to it, is, is strong, makes more sense than the way that the Chachma de Be'atuna understood, based on their own logic. Again, it's a complicated Sorry? It's not human logic anymore. No, it's not to prove to them. And as much as they think that they can understand with human logic, the Torah explains better. Yeah, yeah, but they didn't have a Masorah. They didn't have a Masorah. But how was he able to, to win any logical arguments with them when, when our logical arguments are based on Masorah? So that's, the, that's the point. He wasn't just saying, well, it's Masorah accepted. He was showing how the Masorah made more sense. Mm-hmm. How the Masorah made more sense. And, uh, okay. Now that's the time to go into the whole discussion point by point with what the arguments were about. But that's the basic, the basic uh, thread of, of the, the give and take was well, they said something illogical. And that was based on the way they understood. They asked the question why they thought Ruzi was logical. And the answer was we can, that, that basically based on the Torah logic system, I can explain better than you can answer me. And that, and, and that was the, the, the give and take of the argument. The difference is exactly what the, what the arguments were, and exactly what the discussion was about. But, uh, but just to give you an example, uh, I'm that's also good. But just to give you an example of one of the 12, 13 arguments that they had with each other, this is an example of one of them. They asked, the, they asked him a question, and that is, the, you have a chick who's growing in its egg. At that stage, it's a developing embryo. Is it a lab? Yes. It's a lab. It's growing, it's living, it's, uh, it's, you can have a heartbeat even. So you have a chick which is living. Now it dies. But it's in the egg. Where does the neshama go out of? That's the question they asked it. Uh, the neshama Where is the neshama going to go out of? It's stuck in the egg. So, where, where, so there's a certain life force in this egg. And now it died. There's not this way that, but where it? It's a full show. The show didn't crack. So how did it go out? Mm-hmm. So that's the question they asked him. And he told them the same way it went in. The same way it went in, that's how it went out. Now, such a what, 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 they don't even have to think about Like how, how dead chicks like lose their, where the show goes to. Well, what are they talking about? What are they asking? What kind of genius answers are his answers? What are they discussing? And the why, the why didn't they ask the question of how to go in? I mean, go in order. First ask how to go in, before you ask how to go out. Well, obviously went in before the show was formed. Oh, so obviously they understood it came from the mother bird. And therefore she had a life force and she imparted that life force to the baby before it was a show. And therefore we made it, the, the, the life force is in the, so to speak, in the developing chick. It's still inside the mother's body. It's a part of the mother's life force. And now it detaches and has formed a shell. 
So the nine course which came with it came with it. So we understand what it went in. I don't have a problem with that, but they had to go out. That they don't understand. And so what's the Bishop's answer? The way it went in. Well, we know. <laughs> we know how it went in. It wasn't that problem. How did it go out? But why is the shell a barrier that would prevent the Neshama from... So what's, what's the Bishop saying to them? And that is, you were wrong about the way it went in. You assumed it went in because it took a knife from the mother chick, and now we understand how it went in, you can't understand how it went out. And the real answer is, it's not the way it went in either. The knife comes as a spiritual thing in the mother, and it comes down to the mother, it doesn't come as a, as a part of the mother chick. It's a new thing which goes in, if it's a spiritual thing, and it doesn't get, it doesn't get blocked by a chick. And in matter, that's what's going to go out too. Now, they didn't know about that, because of course, the idea of a spiritual neshama is something which is our Torah, right? that's I'm sorry. And they think it's just a life force which has to come from an existing life force, where the new life force has come from. But we should approach them, my system makes more sense than yours. For your question, if you can't answer, if you think it's something which is a physical thing, which you can explain how it goes in, you can't explain how it goes out, where it go to. And therefore I'm telling you, your system's wrong. You have to explain differently your starting point. And as you thought it went in from the mother check, no it didn't, it came from a spiritual place. It came in the matter. And if that's the case, if it came as a spiritual medium which doesn't get blocked by shells, I can go out as a spiritual medium which doesn't get blocked by shells. And I couldn't argue with that because I didn't have an answer for the question. And that's, that's, that's I'm just giving you one example. That's basically the template of all the arguments. Their own logic were things they didn't understand. And that's what they asked. And what we just basically told them was, you don't understand because you're basing it on a wrong premise. You're basing it on the way you understood the facts. Based on the, your, your outlook, your worldview, and your worldview is wrong. And therefore, you have a question. And I'll tell you a worldview where you wanted the question, and then you may, you'll see that, you, that I'm right and you're wrong. Not because I'm telling you something different. You yourself have a question on your own mahalah. So, you know what? I'll tell you a different mahalah. I'll show you the Torah's mahalah. And then the question is all away. And that's exactly the same point. The, the fact that a chick is alive in the, in, in, within the egg is an observable fact. No one's arguing with that. The fact that a chick can die in the egg is also not a little not like with that either. And so it's just a question of explanation. What, what, what's, what, what, what was that life force? So now, they explained it their way, but then they got stuck with that. And so we should have to show them. I have a different way of explaining it. And based on our question, our way of explaining it, we have no questions. Everything makes sense. And that, that's basically the argument between the philosophers. We aren't, we're not arguing facts. The facts are there to see. We're arguing the understanding of the facts. And we don't, well, they don't have a messiah, so they had to rely on what they knew, and they got stuck with what they didn't know. Whereas we have a messiah, and they can answer everything. And they made the, the, the proofs that they have aren't proofs. You, you're, not, you're using a fact with the wrong explanation. Use the right explanation, and everything makes sense. Okay, so that's basically for summing up an argument against the philosophers, and that was the, that's where the, the Kazari ends this point as well.